Welcome to the Mixed Visions Podcast. I'm Erica. And I'm Jules. And we created this platform to help give you clarity within the nine pillars of life. As you digest these episodes, keep an open mind and soak in the vibrations of each perspective that you hear. We will be speaking about different journeys, lessons, obstacles, and your ability to create autonomy. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about a few topics and questions that you need to ask yourself throughout your health and wellness journey. We're going to start with internal motivators, which is what is your why? An internal motivator, for example, is anything that keeps you going. So, for example, I want to have energy to play with my grandkids. I'm tired of feeling the way I feel, having no energy or being depressed. And once you establish what your internal motivator is, aside from wanting to look a certain way, you will be on the right path. Yeah. Yeah, of course, I think that's a really good point. Uh, I don't think we should stray our viewers away from having uh, superficial motivators, but the internal motivator is definitely going to be the stronger of the two. For me personally, I know I like to establish internal motivators to my lifestyle and the lifestyle changes that I've made in the past. Primarily, one of my biggest ones is just longevity with my life and independence as well, and just not having to rely on any you know prescription medication or just being able you know just to get around on my own for you know as long as I can. And you know, my folks, like both my parents, they've set a really good example for my family, uh, just in the way they kept, you know, take care of their health, being able to, you know, just be independent and like stay strong and stay healthy. So they've always kind of set that example for me and my sister since a, since a real early age. What would you say your internal motivators are, Erica? My internal motivators are similar to yours. I really want to be healthy and live a really long life. I don't want to be um, one of those older people that are bedridden and don't have great range of motion and they're stiff all the time. And of course, that comes with age but if you stay on top of it then you'll be moving a lot more than you think yeah internal motivators i mean they can really be like the power source towards going after what you want and uh, they can get you up out of bed early on those days where maybe you don't want to they can have you stand more committed to you know whatever kind of small sacrifices you're making in the very beginning so being able to establish a a strong internal motivator and like you said it can be related to your family your passions whatever kind of fuels you and whatever drives you it's always really good to set for the internal motivator so so establishing that why, everybody, make sure that's one of the first things that you do in the very beginning and take time to be very specific about it, but also, you know, take time to be very clear about it as well. There are two questions that Julian mentioned the other day when we were coming up with this episode. The most probably important questions that you need to ask yourself when you're starting your journey. And those two questions are... Yes, question number one. So first, you guys are going to want to ask yourself, how will my life be different when I succeed? And the second question is, how will my life be different if I do nothing? So we're first going to dive into the first question again. How will my life be different when I succeed? When you think about it, especially in the very beginning, this is a question that I ask myself daily. And if you're somebody who believes in affirmations or just positive self-talk, I would definitely suggest taking the time to come up with some mantras and some things that you can say to yourself in the very beginning just to kind of get you going. And this is a very powerful question that you can ask yourself. How will my life be different when I succeed? So when you take time to really sit down and you plot your course and you think about how your life will be different, it can mean, you know, more time with your family. It can mean more freedom. It can mean less medical expenses, a variety of things. But being able to establish that and being able to really understand how will my life be different can really set the course for how you move forward. And the second question, what will my life be like if I do nothing, is probably more important than 
the first question because if you really sit down and reflect on the choices that you're making and the habits that you have and you already don't feel well about them now think about 10 years from now or 20 years from now where you'll be at and that doesn't just have to be with physical things it could be with anything as in like your nutrition or your mental state or the way you talk to yourself really focusing on how you can improve yeah no I definitely agree and I think being able to put those questions on a spectrum can definitely help you out just weighing the two when you see the pros on one side for how your life will be different when you make change when you succeed and then you kind of compare it to how your life will be different if you do nothing it's going to make it very obvious like you know which direction do I want to go to because if you truly care and if that internal motivator is really underneath you you should definitely go to the side of how will my life be different but you know if that internal motivator is maybe not as strong or let's be honest sometimes people just aren't at that place yet you know, which could take us into talking about, you know, trans theoretical model of change and pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, getting into those stages where people can, you know, really make a, a real difference. Explain to the people what that means, speak English. <laughs> Eric has got jokes. So <laughs> the trans theoretical model of change, a term. Simplified anyway. Yeah, I'll try, I'll try to. It's been a while. I saw this in the textbook a long time ago. I put so, you on the spot. I'm sorry. Yeah, she hella put me on the spot. Like, this is dirty. So uh, there's a few different stages of change that people can go through in terms of making any change. So first up, we have pre-contemplation. So an individual who's in a pre-contemplation stage, they're going to be somebody who's not thinking about making change at all. This is going to be a person who's maybe in denial, doesn't care, doesn't see anything wrong with their lifestyle. They're good. Next up, you got contemplation. When you have somebody in contemplation, they might be, you know, starting to think about it. They might wake up in the morning and be like, mm, I didn't, you know, I, I think I could maybe do better. I feel better. Or Googling. Yeah, yeah. Or they might just be interested in their health. And, you know, maybe it could be as simple as coming back from a, a yearly screening and seeing some results and your doctor telling you like, oh, your, you know, your heart rate, you know, your blood pressure is elevated, you know, a few points. And it could be something as small as that that gets them maybe thinking about maybe I gotta make some changes. Um, so if my memory serves me correct, next up we have uh, Erica's laughing at me. She put me on the spot. Next up we have preparation. The preparation phase is when you're thinking about starting to make change. I believe so. When your preparation stage, you might be getting more tools or resources for healthier eating. You might be inquiring about a personal trainer or a gym membership. Um, there's a lot of different things that could fall under preparation. Those are just a few right off the top of the head. You want to add anything to that? Okay. No, I think you gotta go. Okay. You're doing good. Um, <laughs> and then uh, next up, we got action. I know that one's next up. So when you're in action, that means that you're actively doing what your change is. So if my change was to... Eat more veggies. Eat more veggies. I want to eat more vegetables every single day. If I'm tracking that change and I'm seeing that I'm eating two to three, three to four, four to five servings of vegetables progressively, we're talking about for at least more than 30 days. And I think less than 60 days is like an action stage range. Mm -hmm. If you're doing it, you know, anywhere between that time, then you're in action. You're actively doing it. It's becoming a part of your lifestyle. It's getting a little bit easier and you should be making progression. And last but not least, I'm so impressed with myself that I got all these. We got, <laughs> we got the maintenance stage. So with maintenance, that means that you're actively performing your lifestyle change for more than six months it hasn't become a real challenge for you you can't really see yourself forming these actions you really can't see yourself not performing these actions throughout your daily life so those are the trans theoretical models of change stages yes, of change good job yeah, you know what I'm hey you come passed. on now i went to college for free don't play he looked with at me. me so mad he's like are you really doing yeah, this to me hey, <laughs> yeah. dual you scholarships you can ask about me <laughs> 
And also, like, an example of um, maintenance would be, like, whenever you go to the gym so frequently, like, when you don't go, you feel very weird. Like, you feel off if you don't go. Like, you're like, okay, something's missing. Or you get more irritated throughout the week if you've been missing the gym frequently that week. Maintaining is being so much in the better and healthier habits that you feel off whenever you're not doing them. Excellent. I think that was, that was perfect. We hit it on the head there. So answering those two questions in the beginning, how will my life be different? How will my life stay the same if I do nothing? Very, very important steps. Um, next up, we want to dive into being very clear and very specific about what is your end result? What am I looking to get from this? What am I looking to change? What am I really going after here? And I think it's really important in the very beginning to be intentional about what you want and what you need, what you're going after. I think it's very important to be specific about your end result in the very beginning so then that way you can form a clear roadmap for how you're going to get there. So you really want to focus on incremental change when it comes to the end result as well. You don't want to think, okay, well, if I start today, there's going to be no success until I get to that end result. That's not true because a lot's going to happen on your journey. There are going to be, you know, ebbs and flows, but you also want to think about incremental change. So when you're, even when you're thinking about your end result, and I'm, again, I want you guys to be specific about your end result, have markers that allow you to get to your end result. Set small goals for yourself and really celebrate those goals when you hit them. If you have a, you know, let's just say a strength goal, be proud when you get up five, 10, 15 pounds. If you have a weight loss goal, be proud when you go down half a pound, one pound, two pounds. Treat that the same way that you would treat five to 10 pounds. Really take the time to be grateful for the small incremental change that you're making as you go to that end result. But it is, of course, you know, like we talked about earlier, Erica, it's going to be really important to establish that. Without establishing an end result, then you have no idea where you're going. So if you don't have any idea where you're going, that's like, oh, okay, I'm going to go to Georgia and I have no map. <laughs> so you got to have um, an end result, like he said, so that you can work backwards and break it down into smaller goals. So that you know as you achieve those milestones that you're getting closer and closer to what you want and as you progress through those milestones you'll realize a lot about yourself and you'll realize a lot of shifts happening within your mental state your physical state everything so it's a well-rounded experience even though it's hard so let's talk to the people a little bit about some of the common obstacles that we see as fitness professionals um, just i guess some of the some of the you know small hurdles that we see that our clients, you know, struggle with when they first come to us? Uh, one very common thing, I think I mentioned this in the last episode, um, women do not eat enough, and it drives me bananas. So most women eat like 1,200 calories a day. I guess over time, society and diet culture is like, the less calories you eat, the better, but they don't say, just be more active so you can eat more. <laughs> that is the most frustrating one because when they're in a, um, a really... I won't say a really bad habit, but a habit of doing that for so long when they start eating enough calories for their self as to have more energy and things like that, like how they should living a healthy life. They feel like they're eating too much and they like freak out, which is okay because it's always a process and you have to get your body used to it and yourself used to it mentally. That's the most common thing that I found with women is that they don't eat enough. What's one of the common things that you found? Yeah, I've, I've had a, that, a little bit of that as well. I'd say with the clients I work with, it's been maybe about almost 50-50 male-female. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of seeing it on both sides. A lot of the guys that I work with don't eat enough, and they think they do, especially when they first started, you know, really looking at their macronutrients. You know, they were kind of noticing that they definitely could have been better and they weren't eating as much as they thought they were. I would say I would definitely notice a lot of the clients I work with 
just like understanding of just like strength training and just exercise in general, which I feel personally a wide majority of the population does, which is not a you know, bad thing. Not everyone specializes in this, so you can't expect everyone to know things about engineering as well. You know, same thing applies. But a lot of people will come to the gym, though, and very confidently do things wrong so it's just <laughs> if we're being honest so when, when i see that i'm just like man you could just you know ask somebody for help and do a little bit of research and you could get the information you need but i do definitely see a lot of you know just people just not really have that understanding or i guess we could even say you know the same experience yeah that's true um with the people coming into the gym doing things wrong this is kind of off topic uh, <laughs> it's me though so when i see people doing stuff wrong i seen somebody yesterday does it bother you it bothers yeah. me so much i'm like they're gonna hurt themselves yeah. but you can't like even whenever you're learning everything being a personal trainer and everything it's like do not go up to strangers and try yeah, to help I would them never, I don't really no know. and I, I was too shy to do that anyway but because uh, I was walking on the treadmill yesterday and someone was doing a push-up. He does more push-ups than me, so I'm not saying anything. Yeah. But, yeah, I was like, okay, don't look up. <laughs> Just yeah. watch TV. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, and I get it. And one of the one of the main things that I notice more outside of just like you know form or whatever is like mm-hmm. people's ex- exercise selection. Like mm-hmm. I'll, I'll definitely find myself just like watching them go to machine. No, yeah, just noticing what the selection of people's exercises are, and I'm like, damn, because like I've learned you know a lot through the program that I'm performing now. It's like a conjugate based strength training program, and like I do maybe five movements per day. And I've gotten stronger and, like, more fit than I've ever been in my life. But I'll see people, like, and it will be allegedly their leg day. And they do, like, ten different things. And I'm like, why the fuck are you doing so many exercises when you can do, like, half the work and half the time and work the same get damn, no, and get, like, more results? Like, yeah. I'm just like, what are people doing? Like, y'all are spending hella long in here. Y'all got to keep it pushing. Or at least, I don't know, just get get the information. But, I ask mean, having that understanding. Yeah, yeah, I ask mean, a professional. Because some, like, I'll answer anyone's questions most of the time in my DMs because I have people, I'm sure you probably do too, people asking, like, questions, not necessarily about their program, but like, what should I do for this? And I found this online, and it has, like, 22 exercises for my calves. And I'm like, God, please don't do that. (laughs) Or they're like, I'm going to train seven days a week and do cardio six days a week. And I'm like, let's not do that, please, God. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And uh, I try always not to make like strength training like too intimidating for the people yeah. I work with because I don't feel like it is I feel like it's so very simple so like knowing that it's one of like the biggest obstacles that a lot of people I work with like mm-hmm. have in the very beginning I try to just make sure that when we're in there and we're performing different moves that challenge you know different joints and our multi-joint movements you know I show them the easiest modification of it and then just trying to gradually build them up from there because you know it in my opinion it it can all be so simple I know mm-hmm. that you know Instagram and TikTok has the world's greatest exercise every single day but and your exercise selection, <laughs> I mean, everything, like, for no reason. And it's it's one of those things where I look at it and I'm like, damn, like, that. if I was a beginner, this would be so, like, intimidating Intimidating to me. I wouldn't want to do this shit, like, some of the shit. Yeah, I wouldn't do any of that. So I'm like, oh, no, thank you. Yeah, but it, it, it could really all be so simple. So, um, but, you know, everyone, everyone has to start somewhere. So it's just, it, again, these are just common obstacles that we see. So um, I have another one. Oh, yeah, shoot. No one's looking at you in the gym. 
They're not. After they're we just talked not. about looking at people. <laughs> I know. Well, that's because we're trainers. And it, whenever someone's doing bad form or something, like, it just draws your attention to them. But if you don't know any better, then you're just like, meh. But most of the time, aside from me, <laughs> no one's watching you in the gym. Everyone has their headphones on. Everyone's there for the same thing. And that was my fear when I first started going to the gym, like, by myself. I would not go by myself for the longest time. I had to have someone like with me. Yes, it scared me. Because I have a thing about people staring at me. It makes me uncomfortable. So people don't stare at me if you see me anyway. I think anyway. people have a thing about that. <laughs> I know. It makes me feel so uncomfortable. But um, that was I was uh, terrified of going by myself. So if someone didn't go with me, I was like, oh, I can't go. But then that was also an excuse as to so I didn't have to go. Once I started going and realized no one's paying attention to me. I don't want to cut you short, but... Uh -huh. um, since you do work with a lot of clients online, do you ever like struggle? Like, do clients ever come with you and they just like have like poor time management or anything like that? Yes. Okay. Very much so. I sometimes I'll make them do like an hourly inventory of what they're doing each day because I had to do that to myself and it made me realize that I was just BSing and not really doing what I needed to be doing. Or I'd be on social media for like an hour and not realize it because, you know, you love to scroll. But some of the women that I work with are moms or they're nurses and they like don't have a lot of time. So we go over how to utilize their time the best way that they can. And if you aren't managing your time properly or being prepared, like if you're going out or whatever with friends and um, you're going to have a big meal and you're not accommodating for that for your nutrition, you're going to like feel bad about it for no reason because the way that I work, and I know you work that way is I want you to still live your life and enjoy food that you enjoy but you just have to pay attention and be more mindful and aware of yourself time management is a huge thing for everyone because you say I don't have time or I can't make time you can some people are short on time me and Julian have talked about this like people sometimes they have like no time right. but even five minutes makes a difference yeah definitely because you don't necessarily when it comes down to time management have to get a training session in all at one time you don't necessarily have to get all your steps in at one specific time because you can still break it up especially if the intention is there if you have a step goal but you can only get out you know, four 15 minute breaks during the day instead of 60 minutes total at one time, then just take those four breaks and just walk 15 minutes, be intentional, try to, you know, pick up a good pace and create a good stride and get your heart rate up. And that'll give you the same benefits as if you had to do it at all at the same time. And the same can be said with your strength training. Um, you don't have to eat perfect throughout the entire day. Try to get one meal right. And after you get that one meal right, try to do like two meals and do three control a little bit more than there but just do what you can um what kind of with time management i wanted to ask you are there any specific tricks or tips that you give to people who are struggling with time management just be like here you know this could be maybe to be something that helps you out a little bit what i really like to give my clients typically are mini workouts so they're only about 15 minutes and it's about three to four movements and you do rounds it's usually like circuits but you're not going as fast as you can you just want to focus on getting proper form so even though it's only a few minutes that i I tell them like there's no excuse you can't give me any excuses to why you're missing it because it's only 15 minutes max and if they have a, in general a full workout like 30 to 40 minutes then I tell them to split it up throughout the day if they can or split it up three times out the day just do what you can if you can't walk or get as many steps in as you like mm -hmm. take your lunch break and go and it'll clear your head while you're at work any small thing that would benefit you or help cut some time off of before you go home and have to deal with the kids and all that stuff it helps. Yeah, uh, definitely. I agree. And just being specific about the time, too, can definitely go a long way. You know, you got to give time to that. Mm -hmm. What tidbits do you give your clients for time uh, management? I don't think I have too many clients that it struggle with time take management. It just not take people's shit. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I don't think 
I wouldn't say any of my clients struggle with time time management per se. Um, no, I'm actually I've gotten pretty pretty fortunate there. Um, I did want to pivot too because we've we, you know we've been talking about internal motivators. We've spoken about uh, of course having that internal motivator, having that why. We've spoken about the important question that you should ask yourself. Put it on spectrum. Um, one thing we haven't spoken about that I do feel is important, especially when it comes to beginning your health and wellness journey, is motivation. When it comes down to it, motivation isn't everything. I feel like motivation can be a slippery slope sometimes because I feel taking the time to really establish the habit is more important than just being motivated to do it because I'll tell y'all what, y'all know me, top of the top, I'm up every morning, hella early. Early. (laughs) I do not want to do that shit sometimes. And I'm not motivated to do it when I get up and do it either. It's just the habit of doing it. So I do want to talk about motivation, but just, you know, kind of... Talk about motivation a little bit, you know what I'm saying? I got excited because (laughs) (laughs) motivation comes from action. It doesn't come from anything else. That's why once you start going to the gym or once you start eating better, you're excited about what you're doing. You continue to do it because motivation is from action, nothing else. Someone said a quote, and I'm sorry, I can't remember who it was, but it has resonated with me. And I think about it anytime someone says the word motivation. Children do what they feel like. You are an adult. You do what you need to do. Mic drop. Erica just dropped the mic on that one. She's <laughs> nah, 100%. I completely agree. Because uh, motivation can be so fleeting. Like, it's not always there. I'm not always motivated to get up early. I'm not always always motivated to train. I'm not always motivated. As delicious as it is, I'm not always motivated to have my air fried meal. Delicious as it is, I love the air fryer, but I'm not always motivated to eat it, but I know it's the choice I gotta make. It's the move I gotta make. But yeah, you know, I feel like sometimes we can fall victim to motivation. We can we can think that we just gotta rely on being motivated and this, that, and the third. And, you know, and motivation is mental, so it can take a huge mental toll out of you as well. So if you're someone who's, you know, just going off motivation, understand that can definitely take a mental toll. A lot of DMs that I get are women saying, where do you get the motivation? How are you so motivated? Girl, I'm not. (laughs) I just do what I know I need to do. And what I know, maybe not during my workout, I will hate life. But (laughs) after I'll feel way, way better and I'll have more energy and I'll just have it over with. So I'll be like, yes, let's go eat. (laughs) Because if you know me, I love food. So motivation will come and go, like Julian said. It's more about the discipline and the habit that you form because, like we said earlier, when you get into a healthy habit or going to the gym every day, when you miss the gym, you'll feel weird. You're like, something's missing today. So keep that in mind. Excellent point, Erica. I definitely think you hit it on the head. What do you think about if we gather up these four keys, give them back to the people, make sure that we got everything? All right, so number one, attach a strong why. Make sure that you have that motivator. Make sure that it's something that you can always fall back on. Make sure that it's something that's close to you and something that you know that'll keep you going. Don't just rely on feeling motivated every day because I promise you there will come a day where you don't feel motivated to do what you know you got to do. Number two, create small incremental change. So don't focus just on that end result. It's good to map it out and it's good to know where you want to go, but also focus on the stops that you're going to make along with your journey. The small wins that you're going to have those are gonna end up to huge victories in the long run. So make sure that you give time to those. Number three, 
address and plan for your obstacles. So this can look in a variety of ways and we also plan on sharing a PDF doc with you guys that we're gonna dive into that should help with planning for your obstacles. But if you understand what your obstacles are and you understand where you're at and where you're looking to go, it's gonna be much easier to plan around those so then that way you can have a clean journey. And last but not least, you wanna install some form of accountability, especially when you're getting started. So accountability can look in a variety of different ways. It could be hiring a coach, it could mean telling a neighbor, a friend, somebody in your family about what you're looking to do. It could be joining a group and having that group hold you accountable. So establishing that accountability for yourself will hold you to your actions and the same things that you say you want to do because you know there's going to be either that person or that thing going to ask you and see how you're doing and how you're progressing. So those are going to be our four key takeaways from today's episode. What do you think, Erica? You want to add anything? I think you covered it all, actually. Boom. Then we are good to go. So one thing we want our listeners to have as you leave this episode is a smart goal PDF. So this PDF will be available in the description of this podcast. And we agreed, uh, we were talking about it, that a smart goal PDF would definitely be a good tool for us to share with our listeners moving forward from the starting your journey episode. Um, for those who don't know, a smart goal stands for a specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and a timely goal. So these are S-M-A-R-T. <laughs> Spell it out. Make sure you covered it all. You got it. Uh, no, I was about to say, because I was about to say the wrong number. These are the five. That okay. Yeah, we both had to count that one. My gosh. So these are the five things that really kind of fall into the SMART goal. So in the beginning, you want to be specific about what you want to do. You know, right? We spoke mm-hmm. about that. Understand what you're trying to get after. Next, you want to have it measured in some way or shape or form. But make sure that however you measure it, whether it's with time, whether it's with strength gained, whether it's with weight lost or fat percentage loss, whatever you make sure that it's realistic for yourself. And that's going to get into the later one. You want to make sure that you have an attainable goal. So make sure that it's something that you know you can do. Uh, don't try to give yourself a really short deadline where you're like, oh, I want to lose 30 pounds in 30 days. Yeah, that's not realistic. That's not going. That's not attainable. Right. We want to do this in a smart way. Moving on next. You want to do something that's realistic for yourself. So if getting started in your journey means, hey, I just need to set my alarm and wake up in the morning at this time and I'm winning, then let that be the first thing that you do. Even if you do it like 10 minutes before what you normally wake up or 20 minutes and you gradually move it to earlier, that's still a smart goal. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And last but not least, coming in that T spot, we got a timely goal. So again, give yourself the time to make this happen. Don't think that you need results at the end of 30 days or at the end of the week. Make sure you really give yourself time to not only implement the habit, but really allow your body to physiologically make change if that's what you're after. If you're looking for, you know, mental benefits, make sure you really give yourself and your body the time to really make the change. So S-M-A-R-T. Again, that PDF will be available in the description of this podcast. Uh, Anything that you want to add, Erica, to smart goals? Uh, Not to smart goals, but on the PDF, it'll have three goals that you choose and then also three smaller boxes so that you can break down those goals as to how you're going to get there so that it gives you a little road map as to how you're going to get to the goal that you set for yourself. If only y'all knew what went on before before these episodes. This is like, like 732. <laughs> yeah, we, are, we are out here moving and grooving. We're learning as we go, but it's good. It's definitely it's definitely interesting. Yes. It's definitely interesting. So tell the people how they can get a hold of us. Ooh, they can get a hold of us by 
going to Mixed Visions Podcast on Instagram. You can listen to all of our episodes on Spotify, on Apple. What's that other one we got? We have a lot. Buzzsprout, SoundCloud. We Buddy got the Notes or something like that. LimeWire. All of them you can think of. Yeah, whatever. LimeWire. <laughs> <laughs> it took everywhere. a minute to register. Hey, it's everywhere. All my real ones know. Um, so, yeah. And if you guys have any questions in regards to the podcast you um, want us to answer while we're on, uh, feel free to shoot us a DM at Mixed Visions Podcast. We'll answer any questions y'all have or any topics you would like for us to cover um or maybe even in interview topics anything yeah you know, we're, we're definitely open and we'll to be doing side. q and a's too at some point like throughout our process but so that you feel involved and that you know that we're actually specifically answering your questions because we want you to know that we are here for you and to teach you and educate you yes ma'am <laughs> makes business podcast episode two starting your health and wellness journey don't forget to review like comment share share with a friend that you feel like needs this and remember the more we reach the more we teach (laughs) have a lovely day